Howdy, I'm Paul Isaacoder, and this is Author's Dozen, a podcast where I explore barriers to storytelling by writing one novel every month for 12 months. Please enjoy. Uh, door opening noise, door opening, door shutting, uh, walking fully. Oh, hi, welcome to your interview, 24-year-old Paul. Sorry for keeping you so long. No problem at all, 29-year-old Paul. I was raised to get everywhere 10 minutes early, and I wanted to be 10 minutes early to my interview, hence being here 20 minutes early. Oh, you'll get over that. So, you're here for the position of yourself, is that correct? Yes. And what makes you qualified to be yourself? Well, as you can see by my resume, I've been working toward becoming myself for my whole life. I see that. It seems like you've done nothing else this whole time. Sounds a little self-indulgent, don't you think? <laughs> you could say that. I see it as being driven and ambitious. Ha! <laughs> You'll be coming for my job next. Ha! <laughs> That's the idea. That's what I like to hear. So, where do you see yourself in five years? I won't lie, sir. I have a pretty high opinion of myself. Oh, thank you. So, in five years, I'd like to be on the 30 under 30, that Forbes list that everybody cares about. I'd like to have a career in marriage and charity that, even when taken separately, would provide a kind of incorruptible meaning in life. I'd like to be a respected thought leader. I'd like to be invited back to every institution that ever called me a member and to rub my success in their little faces for all the perceived slights that I've accumulated over the years. And how do you plan to get there? Well, by working as hard as I can. Ah, I see. Now, let me pitch a hypothetical past you. Hit me. Well, that's not how pitching works, but okay. Say, hypothetically, you realize two crucial things between now and five years from now. One, that you're too awful to get where you want to go, and two, that getting there would be awful for you. Well, in the hypothetical where you ask that question, you'd be a real jerk. I'd rather be that than dishonest. Do you really think that you'll be the best version of yourself by 29? Let me tell me. If I'm the best it gets, I'll be surprised. Besides, your five-year plan is all wrong. You can't get there by hard work. Sure, it doesn't hurt, but think of the amount of luck involved. Luck? My heroes don't have luck. They were geniuses. Geniuses with luck. How many potential Shakespeare's died without being taught to read? How many Taylor Swift's didn't have rich parents? And how many Alexander the Greats had flatheads instead of Phillips? Yes, you can laugh now. Ha <laughs> ha! And how many fell in the in-between? The talented but not talented yet. The lucky but not lucky yet. Well, that doesn't stop me from wanting it. Tell me, how many protagonists in your book get what they want? Books, sir. I've written two. That second is not worthy of being called a book, and you know it. I've written more books this year than you have in your life. You don't write books about people who get what they want. If they did, they'd want something else, and something else, and something else. What you need is a hope suspended. A five-year plan that remains, but changes. What made you so pretentious? I got it from you. But... Imagine a world five years from now where you're medically forbidden to run for an entire month. Imagine that you're not allowed to go to a gym to compensate due to a new virus in the air. 
I wouldn't need to imagine my apoplectic nervous breakdown, that's for sure. Good one. I could even imagine that driving me to a weird sort of public therapy session where I talk to myself on a podcast. So you see, unforeseen bits of luck and chance drive us this way and that, but there's very little of this that is under your control, 24-year-old Paul. And good thing, too. Think of what's under your control and how badly you've screwed that up. Imagine what would happen if you were in complete control of your fate. I am imagining it. I'd be happy. <laughs> you would be. Do you know what you do to your body to make it happy? You engage in self-destruction. You get fat, lose muscle. You end up diseased and drug addicted. The incomparable simplicity of our body should have been the easiest to master. You don't have to think about breathing. You don't cause your heart to beat. Your body doesn't need much help healing itself, but it almost never hurts itself. That was us. That was our doing, making the body broken. And why? Because the million tiny cuts that felt good in the moment feel devastating in the long run. Five years? You can't plan out the next five days. So, I just ramble from one day to the next? No, you aim toward that bright and distant light. But the light has got to be something other than happiness. You don't want to be happy? Well, of course I want that. I don't want less than happiness, but I do want more. If all I got was happiness, why not just go and get it right now, the cheap and easy way? Why don't I go and get happiness at the expense of my future self, or the selves around me? I detect a subtle sense of ill will toward me. All the best stories are exactly that moment when a character achieves happiness by achieving something greater. Don't you see? Your ambition isn't too big, but too small. Happiness isn't a goal, however, it often comes along with the goal. It's like a trophy. It means nothing just to buy or steal it. A trophy's meaning is in what it took to gain it. And even then, it's tangential to the actual goal achieved. Don't pursue a relationship because it'll make you happy. Pursue a relationship because it's right and you'll get happiness thrown in. Don't pursue writing for what it can provide. Pursue writing because it is valuable and lovely in and of itself and you might get happiness alongside. And what's this supposed to teach me about writing? Well, firstly, it's to get your priorities in order. You don't pursue something in order to get happiness, but because that thing is itself worthy of pursuit. Secondly, because we resonate with that story that you're about to undergo. Your characters will start off as we all do, wanting the right things for the wrong reasons or vice versa, or right for the right things or wrong for the wrong things. Uh, if you're listening to the interview as a podcast, check out the episode art. If not, picture human development as a graph with X and Y axes. Y is the morality behind the action, good or evil, and the x-axis is the action's goodness or badness in and of itself. When you are a baby child, y equals zero. You're a moral neutral. Your actions can still be good or bad. You know, crying, pooping, smiling, all bad. But no matter how good or bad the baby's actions on the x-axis, we do not blame the baby for it. Their morality in these actions on the y-scale equals zero. However, as the baby ages, we do begin to assign a level of morality to its actions. The more someone knows and understands and matures, the more their actions, whether or not they bring about a good result, are judged as good or bad in moral standards. 
Say a billionaire gives away tons of money to charity for the sole purpose of reducing his taxes and masking the fact that he does all sorts of other private evil. Inversely, we could imagine a soldier carrying out Stalin's purges, utterly convinced that everyone he kills is, if not guilty, at least necessary to kill in order to save more lives. We can hate and prosecute the action while understanding that the soldier would probably hate it too, if he knew the truth. He's like an old-timey doctor who truly thinks that he's helping a patient by attaching leeches and sucking out the bad blood. Now, no matter where you are on these axes, you're comfortable there. Otherwise, you'd try to change. And change is why we read books and tell stories. We desire to see someone change their mind or heart. We long to watch the scoundrel turn to idealism, the idealist to turn to correct ideals. We are heartbroken when our moral hero turns to a vengeful anti-hero, and when the anti-hero descends into sadistic villainy. So no, young me, I have no ill will toward who you are. I think you're a dirtbag in some ways, and a saint in others. I think you have some right opinions, and some very wrong ones. However, what I wish for you is to face change that makes you uncomfortable with your place on the graph. And whether that change is hardship or happiness, I pray that you would ever turn toward the light, doing right action with right intent. So, do I get the job? Well, you'll have to undergo change, but that's just a formality. Congratulations! I think you're right for being me. Not sure how I feel about that. Offense? None taken. And what'll you be if I take your position? Myself, but in my 30s, which is basically dead. D door opening and closing. Hey, it's me, Paul in his 30s. I'm ashamed at both of you for putting on this weird skit and using it for podcasting. However, what I am thankful for is all the people in my 29th year who decided to check out www.authorsdozen.com and subscribe to all my crap. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some cool sunglasses to wear as I go to do my cool 30s things, like bocce ball. Door open, close. Oh my gosh, he's so cool. You're right, he is so cool. And he's also so correct about going to authorsdozen.com and checking out all our free books and podcasts and transcripts. I so want to be that guy someday. Like, I'm so excited to get old. It's gonna be amazing.